0: Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to The Sex Wrap. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Sex Wrap. You're here with Spring and Andrew. Hi, Andrew. How are you today?
1: I am having a great day. I uh, get to wake up and get to do fun things with my students. Not those kind of things you sickos. Um, But no, I'm having a great day and uh, having a good life. And you know, every day is a little bit better. Every day a little bit better than the last one. I can't complain. I don't know. I just feel like a ball of joy these days. It's not drugs. I just I'm pretty happy. How are you?
0: That's great. Um, I'm pretty good. I was back at my parents' house this past weekend visiting them. It was their 50th wedding anniversary, so I went Yikes. back to hang out with them and celebrate. Um, yeah, I I just kind of felt in awe the whole weekend when I kept thinking about it. I mean, I kind of have this idea of how anyone how could anyone do anything for 50 years, much less something as difficult as manage a relationship with one person? Like that seems like one of the most difficult asks of of somebody, right? And so I just kind of uh, spent the weekend just kind of like watching them and, you know, kind of um, studying how they still react to each other and just kind of I mean- getting curious. Uh, you know, what are what are like some of those strategies that really, really preserve like a good long term relationship?
1: I don't know. Uh, serious mental health issues. Uh, no, i was kidding. Um, no, that's really awesome. Congratulations to your parents. I remember when I went to my grandparents 50th anniversary um, and it was really cool uh, seeing all the different things that had happened over their lives and the the different kind of pictures that people brought. Um and, you know, I, I think I do know what the answer is to how people stay together that long. And I think, you know, the answer too. like, this is it. Uh, <laughs> see you all later, <laughs> everyone. The end of the episode is communicate. No, I mean, people who actually talk to each other, though, I do think there are some people in heterosexual relationships who don't talk to each other. So they build like a solid foundation of like cohabitation and taking care of chores together. So I don't know which side your parents are on, but considering you, they probably actually talk to each other.
0: Well, one of the things that, you know, I was thinking about is this idea of commitment to a thing, to a cause, to a person. And, you know, sometimes I think in today's society where we have so many distractions and get uh, our eyes kind of uh, look away at anything that's a little glittery or shiny. (laughs) And, you know, this idea of like just looking at something um, in a longer term or a, like bigger picture or a more kind of, um, overarching view and thinking about, you know, do I want to really commit to this and have more, um, more time with this person? And like, what, what does this little blip of this fight kind of look like in a longer term picture? And I just think it's, you know, kind of something nice to think about in this age of, uh, Oh, this isn't working. Let me drop this. Or oh, this well, isn't this isn't for me. Let's just move on.
1: I mean, our whole world, all of these technologies that we use, dating apps. How many people they are? How much we move around? To like, I know there's a lot of people who struggle with the concept of like instant novelty or constant novelty. And by that, I just mean like there's always something new. There's always something fun. So you don't have to like work on the other thing in your life. Um, It'd be really interesting to see if there was a study to see if people who are really focused on like constantly seeking out something new or never being happy with something that's good, always thinking that there could be something better um, to see how happy they actually are overall in their life. Or if that constant search for like someone better or something new kind of gets in the way of them actually enjoying things. I know, um, like I I love meeting new friends, I like meeting new people, but uh, if I think about like the big, happy, fun events in my life, the things that are most memorable, the things that I love and cherish, or the times where I've been really like grieving or struggling, like, it's really a small cluster of people who are central to who I am as a person and like being there with me when I'm joy. uh, And then also being there with me when there's sadness. I don't know. So I think like, it's a really cool look at how you form relationships and then how you maintain them. You should have your parents write a book, like surviving 50 years with Mm -hmm. pink Mm -hmm. hair spring. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, that, I mean that's awesome. Congratulations, yeah. and, and tell them congratulations uh, from me the next time you see them or talk yeah, to them. That's yeah,
0: awesome. I just I think that you know uh, when something like this kind of comes up in your life, it just kind of gives that another pause for reflection and introspection and thinking about you know how how could I kind of think about things in my life differently? And I, I love that, you know, and I think, uh, we talk about that regularly as well. Like how can we build in that time for ourselves and thinking about our own relationships and our own, um, sexual behaviors and attitudes and things. So I think it's, you know, it's a nice time to like pause and say, Hmm, what, what does this mean for me?
1: So um, some of you know, I've been in a long-term relationship a very long time. I'm not going to say how many years, but um, a long time. And my strategy, whenever there's a fight that comes up, is I use the 10-10-10 rule. Um, and I, I've texted it to people before, too. And I tell myself, like, is this going to matter in 10 days? Is this going to matter in 10 months? Is this going to matter in 10 years? And what that does for me is it really helps put perspective, put, puts things into perspective. There's lots of times when you get into a fight and it's everything that you can think about and it's so visceral and it's so real. And, you know, like you're emotionally vested in it and psychologically you're invested in it. And you might really want to lash out at a person, but then you have to take a step back and realize like, okay, it was just a bleach stain on a shirt or it was just a phone call they didn't answer. Or, you know, whatever it is, like, does this really matter down the road? Um Though the only like proviso, if you're asking yourself the 10 10 10 question like three times a day with the same person, then there is zero 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 and it's time to get out. But <laughs> once in a while, I mean, it's important to have perspective. And I think talking to someone who's been married for 50 years, that's a really amazing perspective on like how you make a relationship
0: work. Yeah. Well, we're going to transition slightly into today's topic. And today's topic is a back to school topic for sure. (laughs) It is that time of year. And today we are talking about two of the most common sexually transmitted diseases. And these are
1: chlamydia and gonorrhea. I mean, they're kind of best friends too. Mm -hmm. They stick Mm -hmm. together. They hang out together. They love each other. They help each other out. Um, Yeah. So we should Um, throw an anniversary
0: party for chlamydia and gonorrhea.
1: (laughs) So, uh, I mean, there's some of my favorite uh, STDs to talk about too. When I teach about them, like I have people like, like know the secretion or know the ooze or knows the, know the, like it's, it's important that people understand them, understand what they're different, why they're so prevalent, what they're like. Um, I kind of wish they had simpler, easier words, though, because chlamydia and gonorrhea sound so scientific that I, I, I don't think they convey everything that there is behind them. Wh- which one do you want to start with?
0: Well, oh, it's such a hard choice. I guess let's start with chlamydia.
1: So uh, so chlamydia is by far the most common bacterial sexually transmitted disease or sex- sexually transmitted infection in the United States. Um, there are tons of people who have it uh, and spread it uh, knowingly or unknowingly. Um, I don't know. I, I think the, the crazy thing about chlamydia is that for about, I think it's close to 75 to 80% of women who have chlamydia have no symptoms at all. Yeah. Right, that's yeah. the right number. And
0: the thing is, when somebody doesn't have symptoms, then they're not getting treated, and they might choose not to use protection because they think that everything's fine. And that's how it's so easily passed on. And we know that um, so many people don't have symptoms when, and I mean that goes for males and females are asymptomatic, but it is more common in females.
1: Right. Like 75, 80% of women and like 25, 30% of men are completely asymptomatic, which means that you can have it and it's in your body and it's doing stuff. We're going to talk about (laughs) that in just a few minutes. Um, And and you can spread it to other people, but you don't know. It doesn't burn. There's no funny drip. There's no anything funny happening that you can see. Um, I think that's another reason why it's so important that people go for at least annual like physical checkups where... Like if you're sexually active, it's a really good idea just to go talk to a doctor and have them check things out just because like, even if you're in a new relationship and you've been in a relationship with the same person for two years and you love them and everything feels totally fine, you both could have raging cases of (laughs) chlamydia that entire time. And neither of you you might know, right? And could have been something you caught years before from a previous relationship, Um, either person. So it's really important to go get tested for it and and, and, and why?
0: I mean, I think that, yeah, so there are long term things that chlamydia can cause that are problems. But I mean, let's just back up and talk about that there are symptoms that some people have. So we're talking about a lot of people might not have any symptoms, but there are symptoms that people have. So um, if you do notice any abnormal discharge, um, any burning sensations, um, or men might have some pain or swelling in the testicles, if you're having any of the discharges, if you're having any of the burnings, definitely go get checked. Um, So that means, yes, something is probably infecting your reproductive system, and you definitely need to get checked. Um,
1: and what does chlamydia discharge look like?
0: <laughs> um, I mean, I, I've never seen it, so I don't know.
1: <laughs> so um, chlamydia discharge is usually like a kind of whitish, clearish whitish, and it can sometimes be a little bit pussy. Uh, And it can come a drip out of the tip of the penis or it can kind of just ooze out of the vagina. Sometimes people say the word discharge and they don't really know what it means. But it's like a white gooey pussy mess coming out of a place where it's probably not supposed to come. Um, And it can have really funky smells, too. Right. So another symptom of chlamydia is that all of a sudden your genitals, if you're male, female, trans, non-binary anything in between like if they suddenly start getting a really funky smell uh or a mushy or not not mushy a musty fishy odor um that can be chlamydia
0: too yeah and i just want to I just want to further clarify that that um, sometimes people confuse chlamydia discharge with a yeast infection. And that's why it is important to go get checked and to not just always treat yourself and think you know what you're doing and think, you know, oh, this must be this. Um, it is important to actually make sure that you know what the infection is that you have so that you can treat it appropriately.
1: Right. A healthy vagina has a war constantly not really a war but there's a whole bunch of fungus in it yeast and there's a whole bunch of different kinds of bacteria that live together and they each you know help protect against other diseases and keep everything healthy Um, a yeast infection is when the yeast grows out of control And then there's all kinds of bacterial infections and the bacteria grow out of control and you want to make sure you use the right medication. One issue that we see, especially with young women who are afraid to go to the doctor or talk to their doctor, is that they go, they go to like Walgreens or CVS, they buy like the seven-day ovule, what's the, whatever the name of the brand is, um, and they insert it. Uh, If you have chlamydia and you kill off all of the yeast in your vagina with one of those treatments, it actually makes the chlamydia spread Uh, and be more dangerous and grow more quickly because the yeast is actually going to work somewhat to keep it at bay. So just be really careful. Um, If there's something funny going on, uh, it's recommended that you don't self-treat. You're much better off going to a doctor. You can go to a minute clinic at a Walgreens. You can go to a Planned Parenthood. Just talk to someone and and have them really check. And most of the time for chlamydia, you can get uh, within minutes, you can get results on a chlamydia test. So it doesn't take very long. Um, are there any other symptoms? Oh, and for, for women, sometimes it's pain during sex. That would be one of their symptoms. So for men, it's more likely to be like uh, pain during urination, burning, uh, discharge. For women, uh, there can you can have those, but also pain during sex is one of the symptoms.
0: Okay. So let's talk a little bit about what uh, untreated chlamydia can lead to. So um, untreated chlamydia can definitely lead to problems getting pregnant or um, infertility. And so when we're talking about um, something being untreated. It's not like if it's been untreated for a few weeks, but if this goes on long-term being untreated. And so usually that would be something more like a year or longer. Um, that's when things start to have a little more effect on the body.
1: I think uh, chlamydia is actually the number one cause of infertility in women. I also think it's the leading, I believe of uh, it's the leading cause of ectopic pregnancies in women as well. Ectopic pregnancy is where uh, there's an egg that's fertilized in the fallopian tube um, and it gets stuck in there, uh, usually because the chlamydia has caused some scar tissue. Um, and with ectopic pregnancies, uh, you have to go, it's an emergency surgery. You have to go get an abortion and it's an abdominal surgery to patch. Uh, I mean, it's actually a really big deal. Untreated chlamydia leads to so much pain, suffering misery for couples who are trying to get pregnant later in life for a mistake that someone might've made out of ignorance when they were 16, 17, 18 years old. Right? Yeah. So it's really important to make sure you get tested. And if you do have it, fortunately for, for chlamydia, well, we'll talk about treatment options in just a few minutes.
0: Yeah, yeah. so but, that's you know one of those reasons that it's just really important to get your STI, your STD checks really um, at a regular interval just to make sure that you know if you have something so you can get it treated so that it's not causing these long-term effects.
1: Now, if you are someone who never wants to have kids, you cannot use chlamydia as a for- form of birth control, Right. It's not going to work for you. Sorry, and my way, head must
0: exploded a little bit. <laughs> I,
1: I I always feel like I always have to be like, no, hold on. You can't use it. You know, like you can't like catch it, keep it for a little while and then not have. Ca- no, that doesn't work. You still have to use other forms of protection. Chlamydia is not a form. Of oh, protection. my God. And with that, we need to take a short break. So we will be right back with Chlamydia's best friend. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for listening to those lovely commercials that keep our show going. Um, so we were just talking about chlamydia. Uh, and we're going to talk about gonorrhea for a few minutes and then talk about some treatment options. Um, so our conversation about chlamydia overall, like there are some serious outcomes, but it's been kind of like lighthearted with some jokes. Uh, I, I mean, when I talk about gonorrhea, I think it's a much more kind of serious conversation that we need to be having. Um, So gonorrhea is another bacterial STI, uh, STD. It's a lot like chlamydia. They travel together. If you're infected with one, you're very likely to be infected with the other. If you're infected with one, it makes it easier for the other one to get in. So like chlamydia and gonorrhea are best friends. They've probably been married for more than 50 years, <laughs> and when we're, but I'm not congratulating them on theirs.
0: <laughs> when we're talking about chlamydia and gonorrhea as being bacterial infections, um, they're classified in that way because they're both caused by a bacteria. And that means they can usually both be treated with an antibiotic so that's kind of why we're talking about them together as well not only do they kind of go together but they're also um a similar type of infection
1: i mean i also think it's really important to say like if you catch chlamydia or gonorrhea and you get it treated because it's a bacterial infection you can get it again the next week
0: <laughs>
1: they just come right back um but gonorrhea is a lot more serious now um And I mean, do you wanna talk about or do you want me to talk about like the the reason why it's so important?
0: Yeah. I mean, one of the things that's happening is Uh, Throughout our society, we're having a lot more resistance to antibiotics because we have overused antibiotics and we have become a little careless where, um, you know, if we get an infection, we just take antibiotics first without um, even kind of checking to see if they're really needed. And so using antibiotics a lot has made... um, that means that there are more types of infections that are becoming more and more resistant to antibiotics. And when they're resistant to antibiotics, that means that then we have a lot harder time getting rid of the infection. And we are using, trying to find new ways to um, get rid of them. We're trying to find new antibiotics, different forms, different um, kind of combinations and different lengths of time you have to take them all to try to uh, work with this problem that we have really created um so gonorrhea right
1: so like 20 years ago with gonorrhea you just go to the doctor get a little vial of kind of generic antibiotics like amoxicillin or penicillin those kind of things and it would clear it up in a week um today uh, you can't use any of the common antibiotics and there's actually a couple uh cases of gonorrhea around the world now that have been reported that are resistant to every single major class of antibiotics, right? So that means there's a chance that there's some gonorrhea out there that you could take a whole pile, a whole mess of antibiotics, and it still wouldn't go away. Mm
0: -hmm. And so... That gets a little scary, right? So if we know that there are these gonorrhea infections around that are not able to be cured, or that are much more difficult to be cured, then that kind of changes our view, I think, of bacterial infections of being something so easy to treat or bacterial infections being not as big a deal.
1: And I mean, so I mean, chlamydia and gonorrhea are both a big deal. But I think that we really need to start convincing people to protect themselves better against gonorrhea. And there's like a happy ending to our show today. We're not trying to like spread fear. We're not trying to make anybody upset. We're not trying to create stigma around any of these. It's better that we talk about it. Um, Signs and symptoms of gonorrhea though are actually really similar to chlamydia overall. It has about the same percentage of people who are completely asymptomatic. So a lot of people have gonorrhea and they don't even know. Um, The discharge of gonorrhea do you know what the discharge is yeah
0: i mean that one's the easiest one to remember i think because gonorrhea starts with g and it's greenish is the kind of color family of the discharge for gonorrhea so i find that one super easy it's green to remember. and pussy
1: It's <laughs> uh, one of the grossest. no it's green and pussy so it does not always it can also be shades of yellow and shades of white um Itching, burning, painful sex, all of those are part of it as well. Uh, and gonorrhea is less likely than chlamydia to cause long-term infertility in women, but it can still cause all of those same kind of effects. Um, and we didn't even talk about pelvic inflammatory issues, pelvic inflammatory disease. Um Sometimes for women, both chlamydia or gonorrhea, it climbs all the way up through the vagina, it gets through the cervix, it climbs through the uterus, it goes out through the fallopian tubes, and actually can get into the body cavity. And when that happens, usually it requires hospitalization and heavy doses of antibiotics as well. Um, So they both can have really serious negative outcomes. They're both incredibly common with hundreds of thousands of cases in the United States and millions of cases new cases around the world both of them if you get it you take your pills and it goes away the next week you can get the exact same thing right back so you can never get immunity for them they just hop right back in and start the party all Mm -hmm. over again welcome back to green Pussville. um what do we do about it treatment options we could talk about do you want to talk about treatment or prevention Uh,
0: let's talk about treatment because i think we're kind of there right now so we're talking about you know um what happens if they're left untreated for a long time? We can have these uh, bigger, more serious issues. Um, so if you do get checked and you see that you have chlamydia or gonorrhea, then it is usually a fairly easy course of antibiotics to take to get rid of them. Um, Hopefully you haven't contracted one of the ones that's more drug resistant that might uh, take a longer time to treat. But in general, uh, a course of antibiotics will help you out.
1: Yeah. Most of the time, if you take some time, like Spring said, sometimes with gonorrhea, you might have to take two or three antibiotics at the same time to treat it. Um, So treatment as long as you're going to the doctor and getting yourself tested is not so bad for them still. Right. So that's good. The good news. I think the even better news though, is that unlike a lot of the other STDs that we've talked about on the show, gonorrhea and chlamydia are incredibly easy to prevent. Yeah. So what do we do? Well,
0: We can use condoms from the beginning (laughs) correctly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, So we talked about uh, HPV much earlier or uh, much earlier episode. In episode 42, we talked about herpes. um, And in both of those cases, condoms are kind of helpful, but not 100% at protecting against them. With gonorrhea and chlamydia, if you are using uh, polyurethane or latex condoms, at every instance of sex, they're essentially 99.9% chance of protecting you so incredibly high percent yeah
0: yeah and so you know we have definitely talked about these on shows before just making sure that you're putting the condom on from the beginning of sexual activity so you're not uh like rubbing genital parts around each other before uh putting the condom on you want to start with that condom and you want to Put it on um, or put it in if you're using a female condom or an internal condom um, and make sure that you do that, you know, before uh, sexual activity begins.
1: Yep. Um, something else really important to note about chlamydia and gonorrhea is that they love your mouth too they love your throat Um, so this is one of those times where in our culture nobody seems to want to know or 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 to know that you're supposed to use condoms during oral sex as well Um, but gonorrhea and chlamydia are happy to take up uh, space in your mouth and your throat and you can get a raging case of gonorrhea in either of those yeah. places as well um, so make sure that you're using protection for oral sex as well and by protection we mean barrier sex not animal skin condoms um animal skin condoms have little holes in them that are small enough for bacteria to get through but not small enough for sperm to get through so they're great for preventing pregnancy but terrible for preventing chlamydia or gonorrhea so we're saying use lots of condoms um well not a lot, one <laughs> at a time one condom at a time for oral, vaginal, and anal sex. And if you do that, you're essentially protected from chlamydia and gonorrhea, which is the really good news.
0: Yeah, and we just wanna say that using condoms for oral sex is, while it hasn't kind of been the norm, it is very important if we actually want to prevent these infections and prevent um, the kind of uh, growing problems of these things like these anti- um, biotic resistance uh, types of infections as well. So I think you know, uh, starting to consider how important your health is, and you know, um, maybe changing some of those behaviors and trying out using condoms for oral sex.
1: I mean, are there any STDs that aren't happy to live in your mouth? Oh no, I'm pretty sure pretty much all of them. Okay, maybe not pubic place. <laughs> yeah. There we go. I
0: mean, it is true that. You have um, less risk through oral sex uh, than through vaginal or anal sex to transmit um, any type of sexually transmitted disease, um, but there's definitely still risk there.
1: Significant risk, not like 1%. But no. Anyway, all right. Um, so thanks for listening to us talk today about chlamydia and gonorrhea. If you have any questions about them or want any follow-up, let us know. Um, it's important that you have all the best possible information so that you can protect yourself. Uh, if someone ever tells you, um, you know, they're not a big deal. You can just take a pill. That's probably what they say right before they give it to you. (laughs) So like warning that that, I should have used that as my tip. (laughs) That would have been a good tip. So my tip now is, you know, if ever anyone ever tells you that gonorrhea or chlamydia aren't a big deal, you can just cure it with a few pills They're about to. Yeah, I think
0: that that's same for if anybody tells you, "Oh no, I don't need to get tested."
1: (laughs) That's the same thing. They're about to give you an infection. (laughs) Yeah, like I got it covered. You don't need to use a condom. I'm like, (laughs) congratulations. I'm not going to use a condom or anything else because we're done. No. Um. So uh, I think that's about it. Do you have a Do you have a specific tip for
0: today? Anything? Yeah, I should say let's my other hear tip. your tip for the day.
1: I want hear my, my original tip was so just the tip at the end is kind of a joke, except when it comes to chlamydia or gonorrhea, because just the tip without a condom is all you need to spread the infection. So this is one time where like just the tip is a funny joke about just the tip. No, so no just, the, just tip. the
0: tip. Make sure you're using protection yeah. from the beginning all the way.
1: All the way. All right, everybody. If you have any questions or want any follow up from this, feel free to reach out to us. We're thesexrap at gmail.com. You can call us at 413. I wrap it. And we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I don't know. I couldn't remember Twitter. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at uh, thesexwrap. Thanks for listening, everyone. Talk to you soon. Bye.
0: Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too. Af- blah, 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 blah.
1: Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglamour. A Sonic Universe.